Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thank you for joining us. This is Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. Hosted by two guys that have never met each other in real life, whatever that means. My name is Colin Flynn. I live in Iowa. My co-host, Mr. John M. Craig. Hey, what's up, Colin? Just uh, trying to fight the internet gods a little bit here tonight. I've had uh, I've had some crappy connectivity issues, and hopefully we'll be able to just fight through this uh, the way this uh, the way this service use that we that we use the way it works is uh, there's uh, recording happens on each end, and it all gets smushed together somehow magically on the internet later, and uh, there's occasionally where where the communication back and forth on our end uh, you can't really hear what the other person is saying, so. Um, that said, let's just uh, forge ahead, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to we'll, we'll just be able to make it through. That's all we can hope for, right? Ahead we shall forge. You sound like a robot to me sometimes. <clears throat> I, that was my old man voice. Ahead. I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was good. I liked it. So uh, you were telling me uh, in through the through, through the text stuff that we uh, exchanged back and forth at the beginning of the show a lot of times that uh, it's been a big uh, big day, big week, big happenings, big John Craig things going on that we uh, uh, we should. I ditch. I have. It's just me just messing around. I have. Uh, I'm going to see how long I could go. Uh, I don't do choppy voice well. Fake. Okay. Um, I'm. I'm doing well. I am. I have news. Uh, pool house news. Pool house news. Pool house news. Pool house news. For for those listening for the first time who have never kept up with this show, and I'm assuming that's uh, all but three people. I don't know. I have no idea who who returns. I have one yeah. friend who who seems to listen like on one and a half times speed. Who knows that I live in my ex wife's pool house. I have been. Uh, I was uh, separated in 2014, so it's been about uh, four and a half years since separation and about three and a half years since my divorce. I lived in Red Bank, New Jersey um, in my own apartment uh, for four years, and back in uh, March of this year, 2018, uh, I don't know how it came up exactly, but uh, my... uh, ex-wife allowed me to stay in the pool house uh so it's uh, and the agreement was february end of february beginning march 1st to august 31st okay so can you guess what the news is you bought the pool house <laughs> i don't know uh, my my uh my my quote-unquote lease has been extended it oh. came up in yeah okay it's so how does uh that work exactly so she just said hey you're just welcome to stay for as long as you like or how did how did not exactly it was like have have, um she's like have you really thought about uh have you thought about like august and what happens after august i'm like uh kind of not really because i've been meaning to maybe bring it up because i'm not necessarily in the best of uh financial situations that i am prepared to sign a one-year lease and uh I, I just can't see how I would get there in two months. Um, and uh, 
she and I were talking about it, and she said, well, you know, if you want to stay, and then she just, I, I just have to contribute more than I have been financially, which is uh, probably paying for the electric bill and uh, covering all of our daughter's dance. I mean, it's, it's like $500 okay. a month, roughly. Right. A little, in that ballpark range, but I'll just make it around 500 Regardless, yeah. If you get a crib for five hundred bucks, yeah, in a decent neighborhood in New Jersey, sounds like a good deal. No, you, you, this is, you, there's no way I'm finding. Yeah, it would be an odd um, situation to to uh, be able to get something uh, this nice for five hundred dollars. Yeah, okay. And impossible to get it on the same property that you know my children are located. So yeah, you're so. you're easily there now until I would say until. May anyway now easily. Uh, well, I, I would I'd go with like 2023. That's what I'm going with. No, I'm say, just kidding. <laughs> I was just optimistically thinking, you know, she's not booting you out in the winter, you know, and uh, all you got to do is scoop a couple sidewalks here and there in the winter, and uh, you know, you're golden, you're golden pony boy. Um, yeah, I don't want to be here for the winter though, you know. You don't want to be in the pool house in the winter. Well, I mean, it's fine. It does get cold in here, but I was it was really cold actually when I moved in. Yeah, yeah. End of February, March, and parts of April, we had like those nor'easters. We it was cold here. So, it wasn't that bad actually. I just got mm-hmm. an extra couple of blankets. I didn't really love I did put the heat on, but uh sometimes uh, it's uh I don't know. I, I don't know how long it will be. I'm, yeah, I, I got you there until at least May. After that, but I just—I just don't want to shovel snow. I don't like shoveling snow. It might kill me. I don't want to die shoveling snow. Why do you think it would kill you? Just because of the uh, of the the stroke thing you had going on? What was that? I'm sorry. Okay. Do you think that the shoveling and, and if I'm breaking up on your end, I'm sorry. Do you, yeah, do you yeah. think that the uh, reason she, you 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 express fear about shoveling? And I'm actually, my voice is just cracking, even though I'm trying to speak normally. Uh, but is that because of the stroke thing? You were health-wise, you're worried about shoveling? You, you think that's going to be the issue? No, no, I just fucking hate shoveling snow. Hate all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, and I and there are people that die shoveling snow, and I think to myself, that would really suck to die shoveling snow because the stuff eventually melts. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> What would really suck, I was thinking about this this week, what would really suck for me is, and I've thought about, well, you know, you've talked about the fact that, you know, you're not eating meat and you haven't for a while since, mm-hmm. since the stroke. And uh, I, I was looking up, I saw a statistic that they said that um, there, uh, you'd be surprised to find out that with, with uh, vegetarians and, and even vegans, uh, there, uh, there are vegans and vegetarians in a you know, fairly high number, you know, if you're looking at cause of death, there are uh, those people do die of heart disease. They do die of mm-hmm. of you know things that are related to what we would normally think of. If at least me, I was thinking, okay, if I become a vegetarian, I'm never going to have a heart attack. I'm never going to have a stroke. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going to make myself invincible by not eating meat. But actually, as it turns out, if I was a if I was a vegetarian and I had a I had a heart attack or I had a stroke, and I realized I've been going for a really long time. And I haven't eaten bacon during this time, and I still had a fucking heart attack. I would be so goddamn pissed. I would be like, "Are, are you fucking kidding me? I passed up a BLT like ten times. I've been whatever. I didn't eat a steak. I didn't eat, do any of this shit, and I still had a fucking heart attack. Are you fucking kidding me? You motherfucking!" I'd be like, I would be so fucking pissed. Oh no! I mean, if if I survived a heart attack. 
after not having eaten meat for a period of time. Now, remember the last time I actually had any sort of meat, I'm including turkey and chicken in this, uh, well, is yeah. and it, because I have fish because I, I haven't had you know any uh, red meat. Just, you haven't had a turkey, a steak. chicken, yeah. Uh, yeah, steak or whatever. Uh, but I did have chicken, um, buffalo chicken wings back in January. At a friend's house. Mm-hmm. I gave in. I mean, and before that, I, I wasn't really paying attention. I couldn't tell you which. It was football playoffs. I was really hungry, and uh, they smelled so good, and I was so hungry. And I just said, uh, and I mean, again, I'm only doing it. I don't even know why I'm doing it. It's just, it's mine, and uh, it's it's not ethical. One day I'll know, or I'll stop, or I'll just eat meat, and I won't even say anything. It's just, the only, I talk about it when, when someone asks me, you know, you want something to eat? I mean, uh, and they offer it to me. It's like a, it's a chicken chili. No, I'm not eating chicken. And then, uh, yeah, it's just, although I almost gave in the other day. I was in the house, and uh, my ex-wife was, uh, she had a tray of bacon in the oven. Mm, yeah. And uh, it was like the whole package of bacon, and it smelled so good. And I remember, like, just... No one was home at this moment. I think she, she was out in the yard. I don't know where she was, and maybe yeah, I don't know. And it was just like, oh god, oh, I was like Homer Simpson, vacant, <laughs> and and I, but I just couldn't. And then after um, the the bacon was gone, and there was like bacon fat all congealed in that same tray, yeah. it grossed me out, and I was I, I felt relieved that I had not eaten the bacon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want you know. to. I, I just don't want to eat it. I what just you don't want. Do? You, yeah, you know, you, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, and uh, you know. So, yeah, that was that was just uh, that was just uh, uh, something I had, I had. I it's kind of a bad dream for me. It's like I I would like to go out with a little smell of bacon on my hands, a little smell of bacon on me somewhere, just so that that, that I've got that going. Um, and somewhere along the line, I think you were uh, in this conversation you mentioned something about uh, X. Uh, well, we're always talking about your your ex-wife, or sort of third third-handedly talking about her. But um, I was uh, today. I had the uh, I hadn't seen my ex-mother-in-law in uh, in I don't know a long, long time, and I uh, I happened to today. I had a uh, an event where uh, she was there, and uh, it was actually quite a pleasant conversation we had. Uh, and uh, it's. Uh, I've thought about it. I thought a few times there's going to be something family-wise or something goes on with my daughter, and I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to run into these people, and and uh, it's been a while. And I thought, what was I going to say? What, what do you say to an to a uh, an ex parent in law when you haven't seen them for ages? And it was it was a lot more comfortable than I thought it would be. I don't know. You want to how think? long How long has it been? Um, or had it been? I'm guessing uh, probably six years, maybe something like that. Huh. Somewhere in that range, maybe more. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw them. They would have been uh, when my when my daughter got married uh, six years ago, five and a half, six years ago, and so they would have been at the wedding. But I don't remember them being at the wedding uh, mm-hmm. for for whatever reason. Maybe just it was kind of a blur thing or whatever. But I don't remember having any kind of a conversation. If I did, it was it was quick and meaning and not very meaningful. Not that today was like deep or anything like that. But uh, she, you know, you know, she she brought up some stuff. You know, she, she talked about uh, they had had they had moved into a. Uh, 
they moved out of the house they'd lived in for, I don't know, like 45, 50 years or something like that and uh, sold it and had a big sale. And she was talking about some of the items that were at the sale. And she said there was a, a couple things in particular that I did not remember at all that um, apparently she said um, we're, I was with her and we had stopped at a garage sale and had she had bought some she was really into uh, antiques and some things like that and i i had uh, found this antique train and i you know pointed it out to her and she bought it and she was she said if i would have been around the uh, the, the sale that they had she would have given me this antique train not that i need an antique train but i thought the the you know, the the, uh, the uh, you know the thought was there so i, I appreciated that but god you know you get married and you, you have kids and things don't work out you never get rid of these people. They're there forever. And uh, you have, you know, like you talk about ex-in-laws, you talk about, you know, your ex-wife, uh, all that stuff, they're around. You just, you just, and I think that's where a lot of people, when they uh, when they go through a divorce or when they start to think about a divorce, they, they don't, uh, it's not something that they can really internalize very well. I don't think uh, that you, you plan on the way it's going to work out. So, I don't know. It, it was all right. It, uh, it could have been worse. Is all I'm saying. Well, I I know the answer to my next question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Okay. Let's just say that uh, for whatever reason, uh, you and uh, Rachel got divorced, or or whatever happened. You know, uh, there's no longer married to Rachel. Would you marry remarry your ex wife? <laughs> Can you imagine any universe where you'd remarry your ex-wife? I know, and there's uh, this is uh, a lot of information for a podcast. I don't know if I should even even go there, but we we've talked about being uh, personal. I never even talked about this. Uh, we covered a lot of ground with this podcast began because John and I, uh, like at the beginning, we talked about we haven't actually met each other. We started speaking to each other on an app called Anchor, which at that time was uh, kind of like Twitter and uh, except with audio so we've had a lot of conversations back and forth and, and on that app you actually it's not just a one-on-one -on -one communication where you're necessarily just communicating with uh, the person you have the conversation with anybody that was on that app could listen to any conversation right. which was kind of weird because sometimes you'd be having a lot of back and forth with one particular person and in my mind anyway i'm thinking i'm just talking to them and then somebody outside the conversation would pop in with something later or comment about something and i'd be like what the fuck are you listening to that for you <laughs> yeah there were plenty of times where i was listening to two people go back and forth and it was like they were having a really personal private conversation yes, yes and yes. It, it was a bit like it's like i'm yeah yeah we're eavesdropping here on does anyone know like but it was at that point where it was like there were layers it was like if if there were no tags and twitter and there were no replies and it was like you just stumbled across this conversation that people have but it is public so yes. yeah so, so um my ex-wife no i i wouldn't um would not be marrying my ex-wife because my ex-wife uh has been married to a woman <laughs> for a while so my ex-wife is uh, batting for the other team, or yeah, well, she would be batting for the other team, but she's <laughs> well, well, I mean, that goes. she wouldn't remarry you, but all right. I penis. guess because there are too many what ifs now. Yeah, there, there are too many what ifs now. What if she were not okay? What, uh, if, what if she were not gay and uh, yes, yes, <laughs> that that would yeah. that would factor in uh, into things. But. Okay, so uh, do you mind uh, do you mind uh, discussing this a little further? Did did she do you think she knew she was uh, gay? 
Ah, okay. So we right. were married. We were actually married yeah. for thirteen years. Um, I, yeah. yeah, I, I, I think it's something that she figured out slowly, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think I was probably oddly um, more aware of it than she was at at, at a certain point, and uh, you know. Um, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's something that she figured out slowly, and uh, right. it took a while. But yeah, um, she was aware; I was aware <laughs> at a point. So. And right, that, and it wasn't. And it, uh, okay, when we got divorced, it wasn't necessarily. Uh, and I'm gonna let all the cat out of the bag. All the cats, all all the kittens are coming out. Um, so when we got divorced, it wasn't so much that. Uh, I was like, you know, you're gay, we can't be married. Or she's like, I'm gay, we can't be married. Uh, that sort of thing it was more along the lines of um, I knew that uh, that things were uh, things weren't right. It wasn't where I wanted to be, and so I ended up. Uh, I had a, uh, a fling with another, uh, actually much younger uh, <laughs> uh, woman at the time, uh, and. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what uh, where the where the thing fell apart. It was the and then she still wanted to reconcile at that point, but I knew uh, that things were not. Uh, I, I I just uh, it took me a while to me as it was going on, and uh, the, the the divorce was going on, and I was uh, having conversations with people and talking about um, what I was going through, and there was you know after you've been married for thirteen years, there are people that are gonna side with one side or the other and uh i had family members that quite frankly were like you know what are you doing why you know they, they thought i was you know i was the uh i was the big creep i was the you know you're mm-hmm. you know you're having this uh affair with this uh with this woman and uh you know, you're leaving your wife uh, that you've been around with for 13 years and when you say that 99 percent of the time the dude is is it truly he's the he's the uh, creeper he's the he's the uh yeah, he's he's the bad guy in the situation. Not always, but you know, in, in most yeah. cases, a lot of cases. Yeah. However, you know, however that, however you look at that, you know, and, there, and there's always extenuating circumstances, and I, I can hear the dot in your voice. But uh, so I, you know, I just knew, I, I just knew, and I had worked it out uh, after it was almost like uh, I never went to therapy uh, for that. We did a little bit, but this. Um, it was weird because we went to this uh, we went to this uh, this marriage therapist at some point, and um, the first thing I thought about when I walked in to talk to this marriage therapist is, oh my God, she is so she is so dykey. She is such a gay. <laughs> I shouldn't say dykey. That is it. <laughs> it's probably I, actually I was listening to Lopez Radio, and uh, so he had uh, I can't remember who it was on there. I used that word, and uh, and he bleeped it out. He actually went in and bleeped it out, but. Uh, Anyway, that, not a good term, I guess. It's that's derogatory now. So anyway, she was very gay. I could tell the therapist was gay. And it's just that, a butchy sort of like a very, very yes, exactly. Very what what we would say is, a, is what we would believe to be very old school stereotypical short hair, lesbian is the idea of yes, short hair, man's watch, yeah. comfortable mm-hmm. shoes, big thighs. Um, you know, kind of that four stereotypical things when you look at it and. Uh, and there probably was some gay, prideish things around her office. You go into, you know, you go into the therapist's office. They usually got a lot of knickknack, paddywhack, and trinkets around, and you know, dream catchers and shit. You know, I think she may have had the rainbow dream catcher or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I figured it out, and then I was like sitting there with these 
with my wife and her, and I was thinking, uh, all I could think of was I'm sitting here with two gay women, and they're both mad at me. <laughs> Mostly. I mean, a, it, it's, it's also within the realm of possibility that you could have been in a room with two straight women, and they'd still be mad still at you. Mad so, at I mean, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, uh, so, you know, yeah, we, as I think we started a deficit, or maybe we create the deficit a lot of the times, or something <laughs> like where it'd be like, maybe men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Which one are we from? Uh, I have no Pluto, idea. Pluto, Uranus, I guess. I don't know. I want to. I, I want to kick that guy, John, whatever that guy's name is that wrote that book, right in the eighties. Man, yeah. from my own, shut the fuck up. He yeah, probably made a stupid. He's laughing all the way oh, to the bank. Yeah, he's made the money. He's, he's absolutely made it. So, so, so no, we would not be. Uh, we would not be uh, hooking okay. back up. Well, and well. Uh, I today I was driving uh, one of our clients. I've driven him a few times, and he's my age. He's married, a few kids, a couple of kids, and I brought up that I live in my ex-wife's pool house. We were talking about the area and whatever and where I live, and and uh, and he was he seemed a little interested in it, and sort of said uh, he said you know that six uh, percent uh, of uh, divorced couples get remarried to one another. Six, and I said. Wow, that sounds really high. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going low, but yeah, okay, go ahead. I I googled on a more positive note though. Seventy-two percent of those who were reunited reunited stay together, and now I have found though I googled percentage of divorced couples who remarry each other, and, and that was the first thing that popped up. That was from the Chicago Tribune in in two thousand twelve. People also ask who is more likely to remarry after a divorce, and they go, well, here's one from recent from May of this year. What to consider before you remarry an ex-spouse. It's from the verywellmind.com, and it says statistics are against couples who remarry one another. No shit. Huh? Didn't work out the first time, you assholes. More but, second marriages but. end in divorce than first marriages. So I thought it was the other way because you said 72, and I'm thinking 50-50 first time, 72, your odds are better, but they're saying no. Well, so this is a different article. So I don't know where who, where they're getting their numbers from. I mean, like, how do you even get a sample of of this to come up with that six percent? Either way, you know, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's a shot in the dark. It's it says those things. Psychology Today states that a whopping sixty percent of remarriages fail to the same person. This is from the other the article. I wonder if that's do they mean specifically to the same to the other person? It's the same person you were married to, or just. Second the same marriages. person you're remarried to. Oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. A whopping of remarriages, meaning that you're marrying the same person. I mean, there's something here called remarrying your ex-husband Bible. Really? <laughs> like what? What does the Bible? Oh, what does the Bible say about remarrying an ex-spouse? I guess it depends. Uh, so yeah. Well, you're never divorced biblically, right? Would you be? Or how does that work? I don't know. They've got different d- different interpretations of all that. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get lost right here. It's like uh, this is just without even clicking on the link. Bible verses about remarrying an ex-spouse. Ellipses the Lord, and you sh- shall not bring sin upon the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Okay. I'm giving you for your inheritance. Okay, I'm done. I'm I, I'm lost. I'm a divorced woman. Is it a sin to continue loving my ex-husband? Okay, I just I hate people. Um, the, the the point is, don't remarry your ex-spouse. Well, I think you guys uh, you guys got you got the non-marriage remarriage worked out pretty well. You're uh, you're having sex like married people do. Um, which is uh, you're in the pool house jacking off and she. <laughs> <laughs> she's in the other room a long ways away and uh 
you know, you're sharing a lot of responsibilities, but uh, try not to fight too much. <laughs> it's my uh, court boundary, which isn't fair, I realize. You can tell me to fuck off at any time. I would be, yeah. But yikes. So, uh, yeah, it, it went okay. Meeting, uh, getting back in contact with the, with the ex today. God Excuse me, sorry. God, I just, God bless you. Speaking of biblical I just, stuff. I was going to mute it, but I, I didn't. I have a, yeah. this this guy that I that I work with uh, that uh, people are uh, there's a lot of God bless yous when somebody sneezes in the workplace and uh, this guy uh, he, he never he never can accept the uh, God bless you I think he, I haven't really gotten into it yet but he may be an atheist I'm not sure but uh, uh, at any rate I was I will do that once if I say, if I do the God bless you thing to somebody in a, in the work environment. And I don't get a, a thank you, which is the dumbest thing in the world. Isn't it really? Isn't that a dumb tradition, where where somebody sneezes and you say, "Bless you" or "God bless you" or "Gesundheit," and then if you're you're supposed to say thank you, and uh, sometimes you got to time it out too because they do the one two three sneeze and you're like, and they do the first sneeze, and then if you get in there too quick and do the first uh, you know bless you thing, then you know you got the other two after that, and do you leave them hanging after the other two? It's a little uncomfortable sometimes. Uh, and then if they don't you know do the thank you thing, you're like, well fuck you, what did I do? I don't understand it. What's and it causes a lot of just sneezing causes a lot of tension, and it's just expulsion of air coming out of your body for a whatever reason you're, you need to get rid of it, which is the same basic thought as a fart. And somebody farts, you don't say, you don't say bless you. You know, you know and maybe you should. But I don't know how you feel about a sneeze. I find that they're incredibly satisfying, like yeah, for the most part. I don't sneeze in threes. I mean, I'm fascinated by anyone that sneezes more than once in a row. Threes are crazy. Anything more than three where it's like four or five, I'm like, whoa. Because to me, especially considering, you know, that I live in the my ex-wife's pool house. That's how we got here. And, and uh, you know, that I have the rule that I'm not allowed to have guests. Well, apparently my 15-year-old son is allowed to have guests and have relations. I am not understood okay great fantastic maybe she wants a grandchild i don't know we'll see mm-hmm. um but uh you know it's it's to me a sneeze is as close to an orgasm as i'm gonna get i think it's pretty, well it's, that's not it, true i'm done i guess i'm allowed to touch myself it, it, well yeah it's it's i agree that as a sneeze is definitely pleasurable but so i'm so is a fart i mean and um i, I the one fart if you just follow that with two, three, you're, you're in trouble. And maybe by the time three... Well, runs. then you shit your pants. And I've never yes, done yes. such a thing. Episode yeah. 49. Um, I don't know what show it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's bad news. Um, yes. And I just got a, a text from John M. Craig, <laughs> which said... <laughs> I right. did it, did that, that was slow to come in. It, well, it, it beeped once, then it came in, and uh, didn't come in the first time. Came in the second time. It says he's uh, having uh, some difficulty understanding what I'm saying. So this is this is a uh, this is a fairly uh, strange conversation because. Uh, well, he, yeah, I can understand what you're saying now, but there was some a few jokes that you made. We were talking about somebody you work with and the whole thing, and then I sneezed, and then I couldn't hear a lot of that stuff before. I'm like, so I don't know. I mean, I, so th- there was it wasn't a non-reaction on my part to be like. I don't know. I think there's a guy in an office, a thing, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we should repeat. I don't think we should go back, though, because, you know, it's probably better yeah. off. You, you say mm-hmm. a lot of times you're not listening anyway. And Well, uh, that's true. But this is a time where I'm really trying hard to listen. <laughs> and then I'm be like, no, this is not a case. <laughs> yeah. Every other time, it was a case of me not listening. 
Um, but now I really want to listen, especially now that I, we, I just learned something that I didn't know about uh, your ex. Did your ex find someone new? Uh, yes, yeah, she was. Uh, I, she's not the other. I don't know that she actually officially got married to this other woman, uh, but she was with another woman for a long time. She they have since broken up, and I don't know exact details on that. Do you know how? how now wait, how far away is she from? Like in proximity, in terms of uh, like, does she live close? She does now. She uh, and that's why I am aware that uh, she was uh, she's broken up with the other one. She was living uh, a couple states away, and uh, has uh, since uh, re- relocated back to back to here. So she's she uh, she's pretty close. So uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to run into her much. It's a big enough city that that's that's uh, you know not probably going to happen too much. But yeah, she's close. When was the last time you were uh, in close proximity and uh, interacted, I communicated? Probably have you know a little bit over uh, like texting kind of stuff, just a little bit. But I think the last time was when my when my daughter got married. Um, yeah, it would have been the last time. So was it was it drama free? Uh, yeah, for yeah, it was for the most part. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, weddings always seem to have some drama, and uh, uh, the younger kids were in my older daughter's uh, wedding, and um, there was a uh, there. One of them was I trying to remember what exactly they did. One was like ring bearer, and one did something else. Uh, did the flower thing or something like that, and there mm-hmm. was. I remember there's some kind of friction about uh, the, the dresses that were involved, but that wasn't with her. That was with uh, with the other side of the family, with the uh, with the groom side of the family. They had specified some stuff that uh, it, it kind of turned into a, into a, a cluster where the colors weren't exactly right on the dresses or something like that. I don't remember, but it, it was it was uh, yeah, it was drama, pretty much drama free, with her anyway. Right, right. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, it's all right. You know, it, it, what are you gonna do? Um, it's funny though because when I was dating, uh, I'd have you, okay. It happens all the time, and you know this. You you're, you get into a whatever first, second, somewhere third date somewhere with somebody after you've been divorced, and the person that you're dating is always going to ask you, which I think is the dumbest question in the world because who knows the answer to this question ever, pretty much, but they always ask you. Um, so, uh, why did you get divorced? <laughs> Which you've you've been asked this, right? Mm-hmm. 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 So, plenty of times, plenty yes. of times. And I, I was at the the it was uh, someone asked me the question last night. So why did you get divorced? And to me, that is like that's just a it's a it's a dumb question. It's because it, well. it's it's so far reaching. There's so many. You know, are we going to sit here all night? We're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a very loaded question. It's very loaded. There's lots of reasons. There's your perception. There's your uh, ex's perception. There's there's a lot of things that are going on there. A lot of moving parts. Uh, there's the blame game. There's a lot of shit that goes on and. Uh, it's like you know, really, you're asking me this, uh, you know, uh, and I know they want. It, it's it's I don't know. They're, they're looking for a, a a reason not to like you. I think a lot of times, you know, you're gonna say, okay, so why did you get divorced? If if your response is oh that fucking bitch, blah blah, blah anything after that, 
you're you're done. You might as well just you know mail it in and go home. Probably for for the most part. Um, so they're looking for your response, how you respond to it, and uh, you know it's kind of like it's like it's like a job interview question. Tell me about your greatest <laughs> weakness. You know, one of those kind of things. And uh, so when they'd asked that, um, I it, it was I got to this point where um, I felt like I had. I had this great trump card where they would say, uh, you know, why did you get divorced? And I'd say, well, uh, my ex-wife is, uh, well, she's, uh, she's living with another woman. She's she's gay. And they'd go, oh, my God. <laughs> right, right, that, that, that really could just shut it down, like, Oh, well, they, okay. They, they all of yeah. a sudden, you know, then all of a sudden you had, they were like really, they were on, they were immediately on your side. So what I'm telling you, John Craig, is when you get asked this from now on, Unless you uh-huh. unless you really think this is really going somewhere, unless you're you're looking at this this woman and, and you're thinking, yeah, this is it, this is it. If if you get that far, you know, if, you, if the thought pattern is that developed uh, when you get to that point before she asks, um, then tell her the truth. I mean, tell her whatever you want to tell her. But if you're thinking not so much, if you're, you're in that in that stage of things, just tell her, yeah, my my ex wife is she's gay. <laughs> I, I don't know the next time I'm going to be on a date, but if that question is asked, no matter how I'm talking to the woman, I'm going to bring out my inner Staten Island, <laughs> and I'm going to go full-on accent, and without missing a beat, I'm going like, because the bitch is a miserable cunt. <laughs> and that's what I'm just going to, and then and then I'm going to go right back to talking about NPR. <laughs> I have some sort of bizarre Lakshmi Singh or whatever the hell her name is. Lakshmi Singh. She went to Syracuse University. She It's every time I hear them, I'm Corva Coleman. Like I always, I'm hope. It's like well, I because like sometimes the NPR voices are indistinguishable. They really are. Like men and women. You're like it's like the same person. I don't know. There's a school for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say if uh, yeah, you can throw the gay card out there. It, it uh, it'll get you some. It'll get. It might get you late. It might get you enough mercy for the evening that they that they look at you and go, "Oh my God!" And how long are you married? And then you just tell them how long you're married, uh, and you can tell the truth there, and that you have kids, and that she's gay, and they're be like, "Oh my God, I love this guy." At least for tonight. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm telling you, uh, work it, work it, work it, work it. Yeah, or I could just say we had kids and she stopped doing what I married her for. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that. <laughs> she go so old school. It's like, oh god, she's, like make your own, a, make yourself know, like offended. She's with a bitch now. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. <laughs> See, I'm not. I've never even been really. I don't know, have I been to Staten Island? I, I guess I have. I, I, yeah, I think I have. I'm not sure. If you were in New York, then you possibly. I've been to La- LaGuardia. Through. So can you get from yeah. LaGuardia into New York without? With, uh, do you have to you wouldn't pass through Staten Island to go from LaGuardia to Manhattan. You would only. Chances are, if you were in Manhattan, the only way you'd be on Staten Island would be on the Staten Island ferry, just to see, like uh, New York Harbor and and the Statue of Liberty. If you weren't going to the Statue of Liberty, but. I have not done that. I have not done that. Last time I was in New York, uh, the uh, Statue of Liberty was closed. Yeah, there was a. Did you hear about the? There was a woman that climbed up the Statue of Liberty. Like recently? Yeah, yeah, recently. Well, I didn't. She didn't climb up to the top. I mean, she didn't get very high. Yeah. Uh, she was protesting. Um, you know, uh, 
separating uh, immigrant children and parents. She actually, she is a Staten Islander. She lives on Staten Island, but uh, she's from an African country. I don't know. I think. I can't remember what country she's from. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think she shut down. And this may, I don't know if this was on July 3rd or July 4th, but I think uh, they had to shut down Statue of Liberty for a little while so they can get her down. She was up on the big toe trying to... <laughs> and, uh, like, I honestly don't think she even went close to, like, the skirt. It's not a skirt. She doesn't wear a skirt, right? She wears a gown. What does a she gown. wear? I don't know. Does she have feet? I'm not sure. Are, are there feet She's wearing sandals, I think. Sandals. I've never looked at the uh, footwear on the Statue of Liberty. I've even seen She's kind of giant. Yeah, usually if, if you look at the pictures, though, you're, you're, you you go t- tend to go up towards the torch and the crown and the head and all that. You don't really tend to look down and go, what? Are she wearing Birkenstocks? What are those? <laughs> It, it yeah it doesn't really it, it, I, they could just yeah have her wearing army boots or whatever and you wouldn't really even see that too much this this protesting thing that goes on with situations like that where um you got somebody i understand you're just trying to you, you try you, people they have angst and they they want to make a point about something they want to quote unquote resist which uh that, that whole thing cracks me up to the resist uh, hashtag resist but um Okay, so this weekend in Chicago, they they decided to sh- shut down the the Dan Ryan, I think it was, in, in Chicago, and everybody got out there and, uh, but they were protesting gun violence, which I get the gun violence in Chicago, but then I hear the people that are talking about the gun violence in Chicago, and on the in the interviews, and then they start blaming Trump for the gun violence in Chicago, and I'm like, I don't I don't, I don't get the the connection here necessarily because well, that going, pre-existed that pre-existed yeah, trump going, yeah mean, and what's he gonna really? do what what is uh, chicago has to solve chicago's problems i don't know what he's going to do about it he, he he likes to use them a lot as a as a bad example of you know the shit that's going down and all of that and uh it uh, they should absolutely try to get although they've got they have some of the strictest gun control uh uh laws and and things like that are in place in illinois more so than anywhere else in the country and they have this uh high rate of, uh, of this murder rate is like crazy the other thing that they don't have is they don't have shootings in schools because all the metal detectors that exist uh, but um the, i understand i don't i don't i don't i don't think that they um that they should not have been protesting if they felt strong enough to get out there and and shut down a freeway for a day or for a half a day or however long they're out there that's 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 the right of americans to to assemble to do their thing and I, i'm all for that for that have speech. you ever protested? <clears throat> no, I have not. I don't believe. I'm trying to think of a protest. Um, I the th- okay. There's things about protests uh, that hey hey ho ho. However, they they, they always use that <laughs> that thing, and they they then they it's usually hey hey ho ho, and then they figure out a sentence, and then that whatever the sentence is has to go. And I'm thinking maybe somebody somebody could probably make some money. Uh, somewhere along the line, if they were just to write some better chants to to uh, for people to use at the at the protests, and then uh, get some sort of a uh, charge a fee, get some sort of a uh, a stipend for, and they they walk up to the group at the beginning and they go, hey, I've got a new beat, I've got a new, I've got a new, you know, whatever it is, however, however they want to put the thing together, we, we're gonna we're gonna do this new protest, and it's not gonna be hey hey ho ho, uh, these uh, I don't know interstates have to go or whatever it is that they're doing. It, it just I no I've not I've not have you have you gone to any of them? No no I um oh uh, yes Cameron thanks for letting me know you're home sorry Cameron just got home um all right, all right have a good night. <laughs>
sorry, two yeah, weeks in yeah, a row. Yeah. Um. So I've never the cl- so he, I I went to visit Zuccotti Park in downtown Manhattan a few years ago. I don't know if you remember the Occupy Wall Street movement. Oh yeah, sure. I think I've mentioned this on the show, and and uh, a good friend of mine uh, from college. Uh, I don't want to call him a good friend. Uh, this asshole I know from college, Ron Hart. Uh, he's a television writer. He's actually writing on Fuller House. <laughs> really? <laughs> he's getting There's a paycheck. But I don't know if uh, this is uh, season four of Fuller House on Netflix, which is essentially the same as Full House, except the daughter played by Candace Cameron is playing the role of the dad. Like she loses yeah. her spouse and her, f- and they're growing up in the same house and the whole. Uh, Dave Coulier still in that cut? Yeah. They're all in it. Every oh, single one. No, the only ones that aren't in it in it are the uh the 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 Olsen twins. But everyone else is in it. So anyway, so my friend Ron was in town in New York and he wanted to go check out Occupy Wall Street. So I picked him up where he was staying, uh, which was only a, about six miles away, but from Manhattan, that's a distance. So we drove all the way downtown to lower Manhattan, not terribly far from Wall Street. And it was toward the end of the protest. And I parked my car legally on the street directly across from Zuccotti Park. And my friend Ron, without missing beats, is like, oh, shit, this is like rock star parking for Occupy Wall Street movement. <laughs> and it was dead. There was no, there was like, there was no protest left. Nothing. It was just like, it's, it was kind of lame. It was like so. We were expecting to see like you know like young kids camping out, and there were like maybe like seven people there. They didn't even have any chants going. There were no <laughs> drum circles. Nothing. Yeah, it seems like there ought to be. Yeah, drum circles is a good example. And when I see this resist hashtag uh, on on Twitter, you know, for the most part, is where you see that. It, it cracks me up because I'm like a, a resistance. I'm like, what? Okay, you're, uh, is is your idea of resisting or resistance or going against whatever it is? And it's, this is an anti-Trump thing, obviously that they're that they're uh, that they're talking about. Okay, all you're doing is you're on Twitter for the most part, and you're saying anti-Trump things, or you're you, you know you, you're putting that voice out to Twitter. That's the resistance. <laughs> like, I think you got to have a stronger. There's got to be a stronger way to resist. I, I really do. We went to uh, went to Madison, Wisconsin this week, and I'll use this as a uh, a, a good example of a bad way to resist. Uh, is probably the best way I can put it. So I, we're in Madison, which is the state capital of of Wisconsin, and I, one of my favorite places to go. I really think it's a great town. Um, and you also have the University of Wisconsin, uh, the Badgers, is located there. So it's it's got kind of a big double whammy thing going on as far as reasons to be busy. Uh, and a beautiful town. It's situated between two lakes uh, with uh, an isthmus in between the two la- two lakes. You familiar with the term isthmus? 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 I'm not. I'm not. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a stretch of land between two bodies of water. That uh, the the main main part of the town is located on the isthmus, which is hard to say without lisping. Isthmus. But uh, so. Uh, I, there's there's a, a main street that runs uh, where all the, a lot of all the bars and all the all the activity there is a, st- a street called State Street, and so we're on State Street and we're kind of doing some shopping and wandering in and out of places and just kind of eating and having a good time, 
and I see this uh, around the corner of this uh, the shop. There's a there's like a little sort of a mini amphitheater thing that's kind of set up on the side, and there's a band that's playing over there, and they're kind of doing this uh, funky blues kind of thing. And so we wander over there. It's probably about right now. It's like seven o'clock in the evening, and it's it's pretty warm day, and there's a lot of people out there and kids running around. There's kind of a little uh, splash. Uh, sort of a water feature thing that kids were splashing around in and all that. And so it was a cool place to be. And I walk up the street a little bit, uh, just up the hill in this little amphitheater thing, and I see this little plaque that's over, uh, you know, a metal plaque that's over in the corner. And for whatever reason, I decide I'm going to go over and look at the plaque. And so I look at the plaque, and it's got uh, a... Uh, it's like a historical thing, and it says, this is the spot where in, I think it was 1969, or maybe it was 1960-something, but in the late 60s, uh, where the, um, and there was a name of a group that was listed, the blah, 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 planted bombs and blew up a building right here uh, to protest the Vietnam War. And they killed three people. Three people died uh, when this bomb was blown up. And uh, I was thinking... Well, that's some fucking resistance there. <laughs> that's mm. that's somebody getting hardcore. They're blowing people up and uh, and uh, killing people. And then I don't think blowing people up and killing people is a good idea. But um, the the idea of how oh, I don't know uh, to me the, the when they use the, the the term resistance, it just sounds so so vapid, so lame, so uh toothless that um being on if you if all you're doing is getting on fucking twitter and using a hashtag and saying you know i hate trump you you're not you're not really resisting much in my mind and uh yeah that's tonight's political comment uh not yeah i'm not much of a protester i don't know it's i don't know if I just live my lame life, and I'm not against. Pro- I'm not going to protest. Protests. I'm okay with protests. Depends on what the protest is. I'm not going to get too into judging it, but uh, you know, I, would, I, is there anything you would feel strongly enough to? Uh, I, hell no, they got to go. You'd get out there and, and march. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I mean, it's not my way. It wouldn't be my way of dealing with things. I don't think it, it would. I don't know. Yeah, I saw a uh, poster uh, of some sort of po- it was a um, some sort of march that was going on, and they were uh, protesting. Uh, I think the Supreme Court thing that potentially might happen with what's mm-hmm. well, going to happen. We're going tomorrow, to tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah the announcement. Happen. I mean, he's going to announce his. Uh, yeah, his candidate. They're going to try to tear him apart, but eventually somebody's going to get nominated, whether it's that person or somebody else. They're going right. to get nominated. Um, but they were. Um, it was these women. And they were holding up a, a sign, and the sign said, um, I didn't come from your rib. You came from my uterus. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I read one. that. Yeah, I, I've seen that. Yeah, that one I thought was pretty good, actually. I liked that one. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that one. There were, yeah. So I have paid attention to some of these signs recently. Um for for different things it was you know for the immigration thing where there were some decent signs like it was ah okay yeah the, the ones that made me stop and think you know and that was right. one of them i mean that wasn't yeah. about immigration but yeah that that's a good one that, that was a good one so i you know i can't think of a really i don't know what i would get excited enough to go out and i'm i generally I, i've talked about this a couple of weeks ago i don't um i'm getting so i don't like crowds yeah oh, I, I, I hate them don't like people that much 
<laughs> so, and I'm not really a joiner, so um, I don't know that I would want to join with a bunch of people just to go, uh, you know, carry a carry a sign. I, I don't know. The other day, I was thinking about um, I, I, about the the new Supreme Court justice uh, being conservative, and the possibility of Roe versus Wade being overturned. And I actually, and I was—I don't know if I was on Facebook or I came across something. And I'm trying not to comment on anything political. Or, yeah. And I, I came up with what I thought would be a really good anti-abortion meme or something. I can't remember, what, and I can't remember what it was. And I was oh like, come on! You can't remember it. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I didn't write it down. And there was part of me that said, "Oh shit! Wow!" Like I wonder. If I just sat down, did this thing that was in my head, and put it out in the world, even though I don't, I'm like pro-choice, and I'm not, like I don't think abortion is a great thing, but it's not my uterus or vagina, um, you know, whatever. It's, and and I just I, I don't know what the solution will be with uh, having unwanted children uh they're uh, again i don't know I, yeah and then i think to myself like how would you do it if it's like if there is like if if someone had like seven abortions it'd be like wait come on now that's not that's fucked up right like but at what point like what's the number how much you know to, yeah so so i had this idea and i was like that's pretty good that's pretty good i said i wonder if i did this thing like it was it, it would it might make you stop and think right and I wondered if you did something like that, could I could I just do things that I didn't believe in just because I had an idea and then see what happens with it, right? But then right. I'd feel really shitty if it did well, if it, like, caught on and was a thing that I'm not really for, you know? I don't know. I wanted to be, like, not a troll, but I wanted to sort of just start experimenting with, like, like not even taking sides, just coming up with these ideas and throwing them out there and seeing. But I don't know how they would get out there. I you know I think that that actually is what a lot of these you know meme writers and and people do or I, yeah they just try to see if they can get traction off something by throwing out the uh, the funny idea I saw a thing on uh, on Vice it wasn't on Vice TV it was on the Vice website and there's these guys that are they've got a new uh, network thing that they're trying to push where they um, they're doing uh, a network, a TV network, and it's their target audience is uh, is vets, people that have just gotten uh, released from the uh, whatever service, and um, the, the the humor. It's and it's a humorous thing that they're doing, uh, like sketch comedy sort of stuff, and it's really, really some dark shit, and it's a lot of uh, of comedic stuff that most people are going to look at it and go, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. It's like and not and and laugh. Most people are going to look at it, unless you're uh, probably, you know, and, and somebody that's just an ex-serviceman, you're going to look at it, or current serviceman, you're you're not even going to think it's funny at all. And uh, I've always thought that some of these guys that are doing the the uh, meme stuff, they're just looking for, you know, how far how far can they take someone something, and then who's going to who's going to run with that? Because if you if you do something that's way right, way left, way whatever, there's always a group that's going to take off if it's good, if it's if it's uh and I'm not saying good it means tasteful or is going to appeal to everybody, but if it's uh yeah, if it's if it's well written, they'll they'll take it and and run with it. And there's probably people that are doing that and they don't really give a shit so much about the about the cause itself, just the idea of uh, can I get something that somebody will will I guess repost. 
I don't know. I mean, just how a lot of kids get their information and news. Like, I remember when The Daily Show got really popular, and, like, you'd have a certain segment of the population, which would not a small, would, would uh, shit on people who got their news from The Daily Show or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, holy shit, now it's like it's gotten to the point where there are people that get their, not all of their information, but they will find out about things by seeing a meme. Yeah, well, the Daily Show is a good example. I think that was something that started off um, as a uh, you know comedy show and uh, had really it wasn't as overtly political as it got later, and then it became sort of a thing where it was this mixed uh, sort of show where you didn't really know what it was. Is it a comedy show? Is it real news? Is it um, you know what are the, what are they doing here? And I think. Um, I think they kind of lost their focus uh, the last couple of years in a way that, uh, well, I, I read John Stewart was saying it just got it got so ugly the last he you know he had to pay attention to so much of of what was going on politically and try to comment on it that he just he just really felt like it was uh, he was he just didn't want to think about it every day as much as he'd been thinking about it. But at the beginning of that show, they didn't do it that way. It was more it was more uh, comedy based, and uh, then it got more serious and. Yeah, that would be hard to do every day. But uh, if you're writing for stuff like that, if you're just somebody that's trying to see what sticks, yeah, I guess you'd, who knows? Who knows what you'd write? I mean, I, I, I don't understand a lot of memes that I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yes, I agree. Uh, there are things that, if you, unless you're up with current culture sometimes, and, and then even still, if you, you, you feel like you really are, there's stuff that flies out there that you're like, ah, what the hell does this mean? I'm trying to figure it out. Got to look it up. But uh, yeah, I have that happen all the time. I had one yesterday where I read it like three or four times, and then I was going to try to Google it just to try to see if a couple of the keywords would pop up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> So before before the show, before we started recording, uh, I was I was looking on Google Earth. So I have to pick up a client tomorrow, new clients, and I'm picking them up at Newark Airport, and I'm driving them to a um, to a property in Rumson, New Jersey, which is this nice like area, like a upper class, like you know, million dollar plus homes. You know, and uh, and my boss sent me a text saying they live at this farm on this corner, and I'm like, okay, and I'm googling the name of the farm that he told me I couldn't find it, and I found I found a video of of the the person who owned the property. I found the address, and I found there was a wedding there, and it was the guy who has since passed away, his daughter, and I'm watching the video, and it's like this aerial photography is like really nice, and then I'm like, I don't know where it is. I don't see any farm. I'm looking for, and my boss said that the guy has this like w- uh, white belt. It's some sort of belted cow, so you might know. There's a cow that's like all dark, and then there's like a white strip of fur yeah, in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> hide. You know what I'm talking about? I think they're hide. Um, cow hide. Hide, or, hide, not yeah. hair, not fur, whatever the fuck. I don't eat meat. Furry cows, furry meat cows. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, a, a belted Galloway, designer cows. Yeah, exactly. 
uh, we have those around, uh, and I don't know what the name of them is. I couldn't tell you, uh, but yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, well, well, anyway, so so I'm looking, and I'm like, fuck, and I can't find it. And so I'm like, rather than do, than do a street view, I figured, you know what? Let me try because these are properties that are on private property, like at the end of a long driveway, and the Google camera car isn't going to get down there, right? Then no one's going to let the Google car. Yeah. So, so I went to Google Earth, which I haven't checked out in a long time. Ooh, and I'm like, holy shit. I looked at the pool house. I saw the pool. I didn't see me. I saw my ex-wife's car in the driveway. Like when I Google, when I did Google Earth for Manhattan, it's just like rooftops of buildings. You can't really get down all the way to the street, you know, right. and you're not seeing in real time. It's not live. But when you were talking about the is is isthmus, the isthmus, the isthmus. I, I I I looked up. I just searched um, um, Madison, Wisconsin, and there there I'm seeing all these lakes. So where exactly is that? I didn't see. What is it called? The isthmus. Yeah. Well, that stretch of if you look at the two lakes there's uh mendota and uh, monona are the two big lakes. monona i see both of those yep yep and lake wabissa okay so the stretch w of the stretch of, of 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 property the stretch of earth there that's in between the two lakes yes that's, that's called the isthmus it's a stretch uh, okay stretch yeah there's something called the isthmus um <laughs> wellness center i can't even say it it's hard to say it, it, i it, spelled it correctly though maybe a way you to say it without sounding like you have a lift but if yes yeah. isthmus isthmus ith, i don't know it's tough isthmus eye care isthmus eye care there's a bunch of them here like isthmus wellness and that's like that's a, it's not exactly where you said it should be, but they're they're they should rename their wellness center. Um, but I didn't I didn't think there would be any scenario where I would need to use Google Earth for practical reason. I'm like, this is great. Colin's talking about this thing, and I'm kind of looking at it. But I, I, I didn't get it pulled up in time to, to, yeah. to ask you. But well, it's actually what's really good is, you know, I drive. Th these are 3D maps. And I drive in my area all the time. But there are some towns that I don't really know or understand. And it'd be like, how come this town, like, the one part of it, part of it is, is adjacent to my town, and another part of it is, is adjacent to Freehold, which it seems like is, like, 35 minutes away from me, right? So, and then I looked on Google Earth, and then they outline, if you just do Madison, Wisconsin, it will give you the town and will give you a dotted red line around it, and you can see what it is. It's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Google Earth. I love Google Earth. I, I, yeah, I, I'm looking at it all the time. Sometimes I'll, I will, and this uh, is oh. an incredible time waster. I'll get on some road and I'll start doing. The, you know, the arrow goes ahead like a quarter mile, or maybe not even that far, and then you click uh -huh. and it goes ahead and goes ahead. I've clicked on that for like uh, 20 miles going down a road. I'll just click, click, click. And then once I'll see something on the road, I'll stop. I'll back back up the thing a little bit and spin it around. I'll look, oh, look at that. All right, let's click ahead and see what else is ahead. It's, it's like going for a drive, only you're just doing it at work it, when you're supposed to be doing something else. <laughs> it's pretty wild because they even have a thing where it's like um, Voyager, and then there's one, uh, a, a little, it's an icon of like a, uh, a ship's, uh, what do you call that? The ship's steering wheel. <laughs> the, like uh, a, Steering wheel of the ship. It's called the. Uh, the it has a name. It's not name. steering wheel. There's the mast. There's the anchor. There's the. Uh, there's the steering wheel. I don't know what that's right. called. All right. So so Voyager just. 
<laughs> I don't know what it's called, but Voyager just gives you editor's picks, travel, and it has like these pictures, and then I guess you click on them, and then you can kind of explore. So now the I'm feeling lucky, you just roll the dice. Okay. Oh, wait. How do you get back? <laughs> and I've never tried this before. I'm rolling the dice, and it's going to Croatia to the ZRC, I don't know how to pronounce, Zers Festival Beach Tour Operation. Is that on an isthmus? <laughs> it's, no, it's, but, it, but it's kind of cool. It's, but you know what this reminds me of is like when I was a kid, um, I had a globe and I would take the globe yeah. and I would spin it around and then I would take my finger and I would stop it. And wherever it landed, that's like, I want to go there one day. It's like, yes. random. this is fun. You can zoom in and zoom in. It's just like a little kid. I mean, this, I realize, like, this is pretty amazing. Oh, it is. Totally. I know amazing. it's been around for a while, but, yeah. like, holy shit. To be able to look at, you know, the 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 earth and, and places in a three-dimensional way is kind of helpful because the maps on our phones and the maps that we were used to were these. It is two-dimensional, but it's, it gives you the rendering of three dimensions. Wow. That's awesome. I love, I love messing around with it. If people that, somebody that died five years ago or whatever, they don't, that's shit they're missing out on. It, may, it makes me think, if you're, if, you know, what's what's going to happen in the next five years? I mean, it's, because yeah, things are moving ahead logarithmically. We have we have more uh, advancement in technology that's um, that's happening it's, it's 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 cool to think about. I think there's a lot of things though that I hear people thinking. You know, we're gonna yeah we're gonna have computer chips in our tooth in two years, and we're gonna be you know doing a lot of uh, yeah. There's gonna be whatever. There's gonna be a lot of advancements. I think that take forever. That people are thinking are gonna happen pretty pretty slowly. But then there's gonna be other things that pop along that you know we're gonna go. Oh well, that's really cool. You can. I can walk up to this kiosk at the mall and get my tooth pulled, you know, something like that. It's just going to pop out of, out of nowhere. And uh, we're going to go, I didn't, I didn't realize they were working on that. But that's, uh, that's a great service. I don't have to go to the dentist anymore. I can just do it uh, and just do it at the mall in a kiosk. If malls continue to exist. And that, that, well, I mean, dentists might be tough, but with, um, with you're having, we're getting to a point where, you know, when you go to a doctor, you don't have to, you, like, the doctor tells you nothing. They barely look at you. They, they walk do. in the room Conveyor. where you can do that. They're doing that more and more virtually. Yes. All right. What's going on, right? And if you need to come in, you need to come in. There are certain things, obviously, you're not going to, like, you know. Like, I need medical marijuana. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I uh, Forget it. I don't like this Google Earth. <laughs> you're all done with I'm, it? Uh, I mean, it's been a while, but I, I'm a flat earther, so uh, I'm going to protest Google Earth. Fuck this 3D bullshit. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, you think that you think the flat earthers get annoyed about this? They probably have some sort of opinion on it. I'm sure because it doesn't really show that. It kind of does a round earth thing, but if you can't, can you flatten it on the on the? I don't know. Who knows? They, they probably exist. Like honestly, this is so wild. Like I'm just looking at this, and I know I don't. I'm not. I don't even. I can't even tell you where all 50 states are all the time. I'm looking at Africa right now, and I'd be like, uh, "Holy shit! The the Republic of of Congo is pretty, pretty, pretty sizable." You know, um, like Madagascar. I don't know that I could have told you exactly where Madagascar is. The only reason I know is because we actually have uh, occasionally some listeners from Madagascar, and I had to look it up. I'd look up the country code, like, what is this? And then I was like, well, where the hell is this? And I finally figured out it's an, it's an island off the southeast coast wow. of 
of Africa. Yes, that is correct. Good that size island. Exact. Good size island. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you know it's. I wish there was a way to, and maybe there is, to compare these, compare um, one island to another. Like if if I can I can I take Madagascar and drive it because you're just spinning it around like this. Is, this is good. <laughs> that ladies and gentlemen is our show let's let mr big voice take us out thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed unbecoming of age bonus content at unbecomingofage.com subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcatcher find us on social media at unbecoming of age and sometimes when we talk